You can now support the Terrible Warriors by visiting patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. Today on the Terrible Warriors, Derek the Bard brings together two of his players to the table for a game in the Old West. Yeah! But don't worry, it's a Derek the Bard game, so you can be guaranteed there's going to be conspiracies in the occult worked in somehow. Grab your whiskey and a can of beans as we tell you a tale of the adventures of change and stone. And these roughneck gunslingers, they are your terrible warriors. Hey, terrible listeners. It's Derek the Bard from the Edmonton crew. We are back again. Um... However, you will note that this month we are not running Suicide Squad, which we promised. Um, Unfortunately, there was a tragedy in our group. Shane Fitzgerald's mother, Margaret, passed away uh, a week ago. And he obviously has to go back to Cape Breton to spend time with his family. And our most profound and heartfelt condolences go out to Shane and his entire family. And he asked that this episode be dedicated to the memory of his mother, Margaret who was very supportive of this podcast and his involvement in it. So, that is why we are running a different game today. Today, we are running Deadlands, the Weird West. And joining me on this frontier adventure are only two terrible warriors. It's a first. This is the smallest gaming group we've ever done on this show before. So, let's take it from the left. Uh, Will Mitchell... And West Gun with the 404s. And we are running Deadlands. So, getting into it, our two intrepid adventurers, our posse of two, if you will, picked which character archetypes they were going to play. And let's start with Will. Uh, I'm playing uh, Wade Stone, Gunslinger. And I'm playing Jonathan Change, the Man in Black. Ooh. Now, we've got two little things to do before we fully get into playing this game. First, our player is going to roll for their mysterious backgrounds, which you don't technically have to do in Deadlands. It only comes up if you draw... Uh, Character creation in the system is done by drawing cards. If you draw a Joker, you get a mysterious past. However, because they're using pre-generated archetypes, and we just love randomly generating character backstory on this show, I'm going to give it to them anyway. So, gentlemen... We have you have your deck of cards which you have shuffled. Will draw from the deck. Okay. Here we go. Heart of the cards. Heart of the cards. Jack of spades. All right then. Let's see what you get. Jack, haunted. The character is haunted by a malevolent ghost. It appears at the most inconvenient times to frighten and confuse the hero. At least once per adventure, the ghost appears and tries to trick, confuse, or distract him. Well, that's going to be interesting oh, for God, you. exactly what that is. <laughs> you killed a man in the past, and he don't like you much. Uh, I have a slightly different idea, if I may propose it. Sure. I have another man's bullet in me. Okay. I'm thinking that during some sort of uprising, uh, or maybe some sort of vigilante action, some local bush shaman cooked up a bullet with, like, a sacrificed guy in it, meant to kill somebody else. And I got in the way of it, and it's still lodged in me. Okay. I've got another man's death warrant, and he can't rest until he's in that person. Interesting. All right, let's play with that. Wes. (laughs) Big money, big money, big money. A queen. 
Ooh, Ooh but it's a black slaves, queen. Yeah. Queen, animal hatred. Black, uh, black queen, animals hate the character. Dogs always growl and sometimes bite. Horses complain constantly and buck whenever the character goes bust on a horse ride and roll. You always su- uh, suffer minus two to animal wrangling, teamster, or horse ride and rolls. Well, that's, that's okay. I'm the man in black. People are afraid of me. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't easy for a man in black. Not. Also, I can't apparently write on this sheet. Which, incidentally, if you subscribe to our Patreon, which you can check out at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors, you will get to see my GM notes, which I'm writing on constantly now. We're going with a little bit of a different way of doing this game because we only have two players. Deadlands is an old setting, and we're also doing this game, uh, specifically Deadlands, to celebrate the successful Kickstarter that Deadlands just had for its 20th birthday. And it is a Wild West game that mixes themes similar to Briscoe County, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., with stuff like Supernatural, and in this case, The X-Files. Because our two heroes work for a... Well, they work for the Pinkerton Detective Agency, which the United States government has hired in this particular continuity, to deal with the strange and the unexplained. And because we only have two of them, we're going to do it like it's a TV show. Specifically, this is episode 12 of The Adventures of Change in Stone. What they do uh, in the next four hours will determine whether or not it's their season finale, or if it's their mid-season episode, where everything really picks up. Mm-hmm. To begin, however... We're going to start with role-playing a little montage, as at the start of a long-running TV show like Supernatural. Where, you know, they strike up the western music, and previously on the adventures of Change in Stone. We're going to start with our two characters are sitting in an office, and across from them is the director of the Pinkerton Agency, who in this case we're going to call Director William Lawrence. And he's dressed in his very finest... 1876 North um, well-to-do man suit and it's a well-appointed office there's the flag of the recently reconstituted United States of America following the Civil War so the two of you are sitting across from Director Lawrence and I'd like to describe your characters to start off okay Uh, Wade Stone uh, is listening in a manner of speaking um when the camera sort of pans through the, the, the plate window with the nice embossed gold telling us whose office it is and where we are, uh, it, it pans sort of through them, uh, showing Director Lawrence uh, leaning on his desk, looking fairly mad in his fine suit. Um, he's sort of the sort of man who has a perpetual scowl on his face. Uh, and we see in silhouette our two characters. Uh, Wade Stone is on the left, uh, and... His chair is sort of sitting at a bit of an angle. He's not not directly pointing towards uh, towards the director as he speaks. Uh, and in fact, he sort of leaned back in his chair, contemplating the ceiling a little bit, the fine copper plating up there. Uh, he's got, you got your feet kicked up on the desk. He's got one boot up on the corner of the desk, and then the other one uh, across that. <laughs> um, uh, and he's got sort of a thousand yard stare as he, as he looks up at that ceiling. Uh, On his head, there is just a disgrace of a hat. Uh, It, at one point, had been a Union Cavalry hat, 
And it has been through every mud puddle and pool of horse piss in the entire Confederated, like the whole everywhere, any anywhere that there's been trouble, this hat's been and it's been trod upon. So it's not so much blue now; it's more sort of black, it's, really. It's a, a motley collection of blacks and grays and browns, um, and so it's sit, sitting pretty high back on his head. And you can see underneath he, he has uh, a fairly high hairline that that, he, that he's got slicked back some sort of pomade. Um, as the hat's perched atop him. Um, and as, he, as he's looking up, this affords the audience a chance to see that he's got uh, a hangman's scar around his neck. Uh-huh. Um, he's got a sort of a, a loose bandana uh, around what, yep. what would serve as a collar. Um, nice, dark uh, vest uh, that at one point maybe had adorned a better man than him, uh, which he has now acquired. Um, sort of loose shirt rolled up to the sleeves. Um, and you see a variety of sort of scars and things across his forearms. Uh, and then as he sort of reaches into uh, one of his waistcoat pockets and pulls out a fine cigarello and fumbles down to his pocket to, to grab a um, grab a Lucifer to light it, um, you see, of course, the shining six gun on his head. The most immaculately kept piece of his person, obviously. Absolutely. Everything else on him is sort of hand-me-down bullshit, but that fucking gun is as if it came right off the store. And it's, of course, a cult peacemaker. Of course. Because everything is a cult peacemaker in this setting. Absolutely. So, in contrast to his rough-and-tumble guy, the, my character, Jonathan Change, is very finely dressed. But, but, but alternatively... He's also got his legs kicked up on the table, but opposite from him. Like, we're leaning kind of towards each other, right? <laughs> I have a big cigar, and I've gotten some of the the, the boss's good bourbon out. <laughs> the, the the hat is a little bit, not like a five-gallon hat, but more of a Mexican kind of style design. He, he looks like somebody who may have been at one point maybe... What he either lived in Texas or he's like a like with the Texas settler or stuff like so that. You got like the bolo tie, tie and yeah, 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 exactly. All black boots don't look like they've ever seen an ounce of shit on them at all. Well, I mean, you're a tin horn. <laughs> you come from up north. You've got those fine, big speaking ways. That's right. That's right. But but it's obvious he's been down south. So he knows what it's like. Yeah. He and he's very adept at blending in, and he's got like a, um, a that kind of like oh. Uh, if you've ever seen John uh, John Wayne give like that half smirk in like the, his old westerns, mm-hmm. like that, like 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 the cat, like he's got the cat by the tail. But yeah, you don't know why, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And you you've kind of got that that knowing smirk between you guys, like you you've got a history together, probably before this show even started. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere there's a cinematographer who's just smiling and nodding to himself as the characters lean together, showing their dependence <laughs> on each other. <laughs> in the visual pastel of the intro. Yeah, and so Director Lawrence has his hands on the desk. He says, gentlemen, we are facing a crisis right now. Ever since they found that damn ghost rock, and listeners, in Deadlands, the main difference in the setting that regular people notice is ghost rock, which they found out west. It burns like coal, but it burns with more power. You put ghost rock in a steam engine, and you got your steam locomotive going at speeds that were just impossible before. They had to build new steam locomotives just to run on ghost rock. Because it was tearing the old ones apart. Except that it emits a weird white smoke instead of black. And when you burn it, it sounds like the screams of the damned. And it is the new gold rush. It is the biggest thing out there. And he says, ever since they found Ghost Rock out west, 
and especially down south, we have had nothing but trouble. There are strange happenings going on all over the place. And at this point, we're going to cut to a different uh, clip from another episode as we montage through things that they've been through in the past. So I'm going to throw to Will to begin that scene, and then I'm going to run it for you guys. Okay, so our first Weird Happenings montage cut uh, goes to a Mexican standoff between... Jonathan Chase, um, what looks to be like some sort of like uh, like saloon proprietress and all of her f- sort of grand finery with like dual Dillingers, one pointed at Jonathan Chase, one pointed at Wade Stone. Change. Uh, change. Damn You're going to get it wrong now, too. Yeah. Um, By the end of this thing, I'm changing it to change, right? Chase, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that might turn out to be a thing in the show. Um, and then, of course, uh, Wade Stone then pointing his peacemaker at a guy on the ground who is then pointing uh, dual guns at both of the protagonists. Um, they're sort of giving each other the stereotypical sort of glancing around, and then they all look over their shoulder and see that the town has surrounded them, and they're obviously some sort of, like, children of the corn cult, uh, where there's, like, a preacher who's, like, completely albino, sort of standing up high with, like, some sort of book that ain't a Bible, uh, and they're all surrounding them. And so they all look over their shoulder and look back. Okay, and that's where we're going to start this. Uh, incidentally, that's going to be a point of your character now, uh, Wes. <laughs> you are constantly having to correct people on your name because yeah. they don't believe your actually name change. <laughs> so he, you got a preacher standing up. He's waving this dark book. He's like, my children, the dark gospel says that these heathens will not stand. They cannot be allowed to sully the... Uh, the holy land of our good town. Are we in Utah? What the hell's going on? You <laughs> are Utah in U- came you. To us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this look at And it, it pans across all of these people, and they've got this totally glazed look in their eyes. You can tell that nobody's home right now. Um, uh, Serena, I understand we got problems, and uh, I swear to God, I'll tip you later, <laughs> Mister Strix. Uh, I. I got a bullet in this here chamber for you, but I believe uh, we got our dance card filled up by somebody else right now. And uh, Mr. Strix looks up at you, and uh, he, he's he's got his gun pointed at you, but his other hand is making like he's shuffling cards with it almost. He's like, you know what, I, I reckon you were right, this is not the time or the place, so you know what, you let me go, and, and I say we bust on out of here. And, and Ms. Serena's like... Boys, I do not think that we have time to sit and bicker while Reverend Crazy Pants over there is about to sacrifice us all to the devil. I do believe the lady is right. Yep. And you can't, listeners, you can't see at home, but we literally are all pointing our finger guns at each other like we're in a Mexican standoff right now, including Will and Wes pointing them at each other, even though they're on the same side. <laughs> what, I'm a LARPer. I just came from a LARPer bank. Cut me some slack, okay? Yeah. So what do you do? Mr. Strix? Draw, indicating his cards, and yep. it turns and begins shooting. Um, so, as you guys open fire, we're going to start this as the first rolls of the game, where you're going to draw for your initiative. So, shuffle your, the first two cards you drew back in, and I will draw for the NPCs. So, what you're going to do first is you are going to roll your. Where are the easy rules I gave you? It'll tell you. If it's a quickness check. So, uh, roll your quickness dice. Oh, crap, you forgot, we forgot to draw your fate point, your fate checks. Oh, no. So, Wes, you draw first. Just tell us what you got. 
There are three colors. I draw. draw three. I got a blue. Oh, that's good. Blues are good. Right. Only ten blues in this bag. White. There are fifty whites in this bag. And I got a white. Okay, well that's pretty standard. All right. All right. So you boys are going to roll your quickness against a difficulty of five. All right, and I'm pulling out how many again? Three. Uh, three chips. Yeah. Three chips. Okay. Uh, I got a white. I got a red, and I got a red. Ooh, reds are complications, but they are—they uh, will give you the same effect as a blue. But every time you do that, I get to draw a fate chip for the NPCs. Ooh, that's exciting. So you boys are gonna roll your quickness. What's your quickness say on there? Uh, Forty-six. Four D. Jesus. Okay, roll. You're gonna take the highest number. If you roll a six, it explodes. Okay. Eleven. That's five over. So you get a raise. Okay. Uh, if you get a success, you draw one card. If you get a raise, you draw another card. Okay. And then you draw a base card for doing the roll in the first place. So you draw three cards, Wes. Okay. Did I show them anybody? Or? Uh, yeah. It, it's, okay. Uh, it's less important. You drew well. Uh, he drew a seven, a six, a seven, and an eight. Nice. Uh, Will? All right. So Wade's got 2d12 for quickness, and I rolled just garbage. You rolled an eight. I got an eight. Okay, so that's only going to get you two cards. One for success, one for... Beating it. Yep. And I got an eight and a nine. Okay, and we're going to roll for the Children of the Corn. And just for our NPCs in general. Jeebus. Okay, that's ten, so they are going to get... There are three, which is largely going to cover the group of NPCs, and then we're going to roll for our two other NPCs, who rolled... Shit, but Mr. Strix is going to go first anyway. Yay. Okie dokie. I'm actually using my Malifaux cards because I... Have Malifaux cards. Well, I play Malifaux. Yeah. I love Malifaux. Oh, oh, you boys. You, that's not so good. Oh, lordy. <laughs> yes, the Malifaux cards don't actually include suit, um, like Jack's, que uh, Jack's kings and queens on them, but I I'm just going to let you know the, the, NP the bad guy NPCs drew a queen. Yay. So, uh, what we do is... Yeah, uh, this is how we set up order of actions. You play whichever card you want, so they're going to play their queen. They're going to go first. Um, then you guys decide between yourselves which cards you want to play to determine what order you go in. You both got eights. Yeah. And I got a nine. Oh, you got a nine? You want to go, uh, Will, with your uh, sharpshooting? Yeah, I think I'm going to do some sharpshooting and, uh, and knock that. Okay, so play that nine? Yep. I'm going to play my six because I'm too busy staring at the prostitute's cleavage. Oh, God. All right. And... Oh, yeah. He got... Serena's a man. Yeah. Well, and Mr. Shrick's got a nine, so he's going to go just after... And the prostitute, uh, the madam, are going to go just after. So that's what we got there. Just We'll make a discard pile in front of the thingy right there. All righty, then. So, bad guy's going to go first. Um, the children of the corn are going to advance. And creepy dude is going to try and do something creepy. Uh, where's a D10? Uh, let's see if he can get off his something creepy. He gets off his something creepy. Uh, he slams his book about, and there is thunder and lightning in the air. And you already had clouds over top, and they start raining. Mm -hmm. um, but as the rain hits the ground, it starts to sizzle. He's at, he has literally summoned up a rain of fire and brimstone. Oh, amazing. And his creepy cultists kind of walk forward, and the rain hits them, and they're starting to smoke. Uh, yeah, and then Mr. Shrix is going to go, and he does something funky. I'm not going to roll for the NPCs, because it's largely about you guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
phantom play, like uh, illusionary playing cards appear in his hand, uh, and he makes a gesture and flings one of them, and it makes it uh, and it explodes in the middle of the uh, zombie cultists and starts flinging them about, creating a little bit of chaos, which is an opening. Um, Madame Serena says, uh, basically, you know, like. I got a back door out that way. It leads to the old mine shafts under town. And then putting you guys in potentially a rear guard action. Great. So, Will, you can open fire? Uh, absolutely. Okay, who do you want to shoot? Um, I want to shoot Reverend Creepy Pants. Reverend Creepy Pants it is. Uh... So, we're doing one mod on the rules. Is Normally, you'd roll just your aptitude uh, with your trait dice. But we're going to make, uh, we're gonna add those together. Just to give you guys a nice big dice pool to be proud of. Nice, nice. Uh, so, my deafness is 3d10. Okay, I got another d10 right there. And then your pistols, I think, is a 3. And so, that's another 3d10? Uh, yeah. Beautiful. So you're just going to... I'll just roll up two of these suckers twice. Yeah. Unless you get a 10. Yeah, well, then there'll be much rolling. Um, all right. Uh, you got so anything good? Then roll two more. I got a 7 and a 6. That's my highest. I'll keep those guys for reference. Roll the two more. So keep the highest, right? Yep. So I got a 7. Okay. We'll take that 7. Uh, you just want to hit him just center mass? Um... You will not be able to hit him in the head. You'll take a penalty on the roll that'll cause you to miss. But... Fair enough. Um, and since we're still assessing out exactly what the, the, the parental guidance rating of the show is, um, however, the <laughs> yep. violence is, is yet to be discovered. Um, so... Just for dramatic effect, give me a d20 roll, and yeah, we'll see where, uh, where you hit him. And the ratings say I got a 13. Let's check the damage chart. It means you're going to wing him in an arm? Yeah, so, oh, I, uh, I'm going to shoot the Bible out of his hand. I'll take that. Give me uh, roll 3d6. See how much damage you deal them. Roll the, at, yeah, and add them together. Cocked, I'll give you that as a reroll. There we go. Nine damage. Awesome, nine damage, yeah. It's pretty, yeah, you blow the Bible out of his hand. <gasps> um, and that's going to start to fizzle the rain a little bit, so buys you a little bit of time. Nice. Get out of here, you two. Wade's going to shout to uh, Miss Serena and uh, Strix. Yep, and they start getting Wes. I'm going with them, yelling the whole way. <laughs> okay, we've apparently established at least the basic parental level of this show. That's probably on HBO. It's yeah. probably it's, it's almost definitely on HBO. HBO. Cool. Uh, okay, and then we're gonna cut that mo- uh, piece of the montage. We're gonna go back. Uh, you, Wes, are gonna establish your piece of things now. Okay, so my kind of uh, thing is going playing up with the uh, with Serena. I think she's a reoccurring. Okay, role, cool, right? Um, and we when we first met her, um, she wasn't a madam; she was a prostitute, and she was in a whorehouse ran by an Aztec vampire, Ooh. like a la uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Okay, yeah, like. Like the the uh, the Sarah equivalent of the titty twister. Oh, <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe since we're kind of moving along the episodes, maybe at that point, what she actually is is she's sort of running it for the vampire. Yeah, is like she's taken up with a new boss after Grandfather Creepy Pants ran out of town. Yeah, with his Creepy Pants cult, and yeah. uh, now, now we've ran into her again. Okay, um, so what's I, the scene you want to set for this specific well, you know, piece? Like, uh, he's probably at the bar drinking. Yeah. yeah, he's at the bar drinking. He knows I'm upstairs with Serena again, spending what little money I have again, right? Um, and 
the vampire uh, gets called together, everybody around there, and is doing like the creepy kind of like, oh, line up and give me your blood. What the hell is it with you guys and creepy cults in this show? It's like, that's know. that's the thing on your TV tropes page. It's yeah, like yeah. creepy cult at least once every episode or two. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just a fan of H.P. Lovecraft, and they did that's yep. the part of the thing. And, you know, the whole isolation of the frontier. Yep. These towns get, uh, each one's its own weird insular little culture. So, yeah, they're, they're, and he's sitting there, like, doing, like, the drink thing. Yeah. And um, Serena's trying to rush me outside. Out, out, so I don't get uh, drained dry. So I run out, like, half buck naked and go, oh. Okay. Will, where's your character in this? Or is it just gonna be a West scene? Um, I think I think Wade's at the bar and he's like stopped with his whiskey like almost at his lips and he's looking at uh, uh, changes reflection in the mirror behind the bar. <laughs> um, oh no! So you actually also see so you got the creepy vampire cult guy so he just, he's si- like sitting on the stage. Yeah, just the cop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you've just burst into a room of creepy vampire cult. Uh, naked, and he's having a boat drink at the bar. Yeah, yeah. well, it's it's naked, but you're going to have your Gatling pistol with cool. you. And um, Wes's character actually has this really funky, what is for the time, like, super science um, Gatling pistol. And it looks just like a miniature Gatling gun. Oh, God. Uh, it's almost like a silver-painted Nerf gun. You've oh. got a crazy steampunk weapon. Oh, okay, cool. Um, that, that's been given to you by the Pinkertons, because that's apparently the one edge that is on this archetype. Cool. And, yeah, he's, uh, the, the vampire is just, you know, going on. It's, you know, um, as he's got this whole enthralled crowd who are literally just kind of lounging on the stage. Many of them are dead at this point. Um mm-hmm. Or they're like slumped over because he's drained their blood into this chalice. And, yeah. and it's my children of the night. So they, oh wow, I'm doing a, immediately jumping into a uh, Dracula accent. <laughs> I'm not even going to try and do a, a Mexican accent. You know, it's my children of the night. Uh, you know, I thank you for your sacrament this evening. And though some of you will not survive, know that you have brought me uh, back from the sleep of ages. And what are you guys going to do about this, dude? Uh, I think Wade, oh. Wade at this point is uh, pretty drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're not under the vampire's thrall. That's why he's not under you, the vampire's You are thrall. like six whiskeys into this. Yeah, he's super, super shitter. If he's six whiskeys into I'm I've got to be at least eight, because I probably got right blessed with Serena before that. No, well, no, that's the thing. is You you were totally sober going into that, because you've been up with Serena the whole time. Oh, yeah, I guess you haven't had a chance to get drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I, so you can kind of feel the mesmerism of this guy on stage. Um, he um, he doesn't look Mexican. He looks Azteca. Okay. Uh, so he is a uh, so he's not of Spanish descent. Uh, right. So he has much darker skin, much block uh, like blockier features. Um, he's probably got some huge like jade earring in. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even like a bit of tattooing up his face. Stone. Help! <laughs> Change this here medicine show's taking a turn. <laughs> now, do you want to do something, or do you want us to jump away from this flashback into another one? Um, I think that's probably okay. Actually. Yeah, yeah, we're good there. I think that's good. That's, that's okay. Let's take it. All right, so we're gonna cut into uh. 
a piece of my of the montage that I'll uh, lead into is I'm going to give you guys a classic Deadlands creature that you are actually running the hell away from. Nice. Uh, is it's you guys? You're running through a forest at night. There's a full moon, and at first the mo- the cut, the clip doesn't show what you're running away from. Then it shows the ground behind you is like humped up. Oh yes. Um. And suddenly this creature rears out of it, and it looks almost exactly like a graboid from Tremors. And this is what's called a Mojave Rattler. Nice. Uh, and it is, like, one of the signature monsters of the game. It's right there in the core book. Cool. So, like, we're running, the ground shows up, and then, like, the camera pans back from, like, a close-up on our faces. Um, and we see that Miss Serena is ahead of us. <laughs> um, she's got, um, she's got Wade's hat and, like, and, like, changes, clo- like, changes, like, waistcoat and, like, and, like, like, overcoat. Um, we're both in dresses, I think. Yeah. Yeah. This, and this is and, the and, comedy cut. And it cuts behind you, um, but we're going to cut away from the comedy for a second. As it shows, Mr. Strix is running behind you guys, and he's huffing and puffing, because Mr. Strix is, one, he's in, like, his 40, his, yeah. like, late 40s. He's a little bit overweight he's kind of shorter than you guys he's an old west wizard and this thing jumps up grabs him and drags him back under the ground i I would lean over my shoulder and go oh i didn't like the hand he was dealt (laughs) (laughs) all right let's let's throw to will this is now going to be like the best part of this game where we're just throwing this uh opening montage around (laughs) um okay so that sort of established a lot of recurring characters uh, the next cut after Strix... Oh, actually, sorry. I'm going to throw in one more for me so that we can now establish uh, the main bad guy of yes. all this. Um, is that it's got... You, you're both sitting in a saloon. And up on one... This is like a top nice. and yeah. like New York City um, saloon. And up on like the third level up. Sitting at a table uh, is a bunch of men in really, really fine suits. But they're all sitting a little bit away from one man at the head of the table and he has an impeccably groomed mustache uh, no beard his head is completely shaved and like waxed um, he's wearing a very fine suit with a very very distinctive um, symbol on his cravat um, it, it's this pin it's just got sticks forming this weird you recognize it like a modern like a culty looking uh, yeah. diagram the sort of thing that nowadays you buy in Hot Topic. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, his, his is made of silver. It's, uh, it's got, like, a diamond in the center of it. Um, and, you know, Miss Serena, who is somehow tending bar in this in this situation. I think at this point we've established you're not even sure what the hell this woman really does. No, she, she's, an, she's a living enigma. Um, yeah, she's, sure. yeah. Like she's, she's maybe Secret Service or something. Or... Just whatever we were sent to investigate something, somehow this woman ends up in the middle of it. Yeah. And we're like, you again? And she's kind of like, got this like... Yeah, and <laughs> she uh, she's tending bar, and you two, are, you two are sitting there. You are incongruously dressed in good suits that you don't look comfortable in. Nice. I look very comfortable. And uh, she, she kind of gestures to the man. That, that up there, that's Harlan Bliss. He's the one you're looking for. Not just me. And then ghost shimmers beside me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we got it. Well, we're gonna establish the ghost in your next uh, flashback, I think. Wes, you got a you got a thing to add uh, to this scene? Not, uh, not really. I just kind of like for the first time, I, I don't smile. You I look very, very serious. serious. Yeah. Okay, that's nice. 
And now we're going to start moving into some more serious topics, you guys. Like, the show kind of started off on that fairly, like, light, kind of weird West note where... You know, you're having your like your monster of the week moments, and then you're we're and getting that, to the point like four or five episodes in. in where that where that a bus starts coming down, and yeah, so we're in the end of the Neo Genesis Evangelion thing where it gets like really dark and really sinister, but less yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking like the it, Supernatural waited a couple episodes before they introduced the demon with yellow eyes, and yeah. So we're gonna throw to uh, to Will, uh, and so. Uh, it cuts from us in the, the high-end New York saloon uh, to now we are um, out in the desert. Um, and we are sort of, like, obviously, like, battered and busted up. Um, we've been staked down to the ground in the sun. There's buzzards overhead. Nice. Um, and... Um, uh, the, the sun is briefly sort of obscured in Stone's vision um, as sort of the translucent figure of the, the spirit that haunts him sort of leans down um, and says, If you'd have let me do my work, you wouldn't be here. Uh, and Stone just kind of <laughs> coughs. <sighs> this is Bliss's work. And then he looks over and sees Change is also staked out, but his horse is also, like, laying on him. Uh, it's unclear if the horse is dead or alive, but, like, he's he's not just staked up, but he's, like, pinned and injured. Yeah, and the camera will pull back on you guys, and then, Wes, you'll get to add your bit to this. Yeah. As you're, you're actually in... It's been, like, this ritual circle drawn yeah. in the sand of the desert, mm-hmm. uh, like, set out with stones, and you guys are placed around a cairn of skulls. Yeah. I'm kind of imagining that, like... In the distance, you can see like a burning building or something like, like with a homestead or something. Well, yeah. you know what? Uh, no, you see that, and behind that is a railway, and there's yeah. a train going away from you guys. Yeah, and I'm like, like I'm a, I'm like still conscious, but I'm really badly hurt, and I'm like trying to claw towards, and I'm just yelling like Sarah, Sarah, like you know, some sort of family member yeah. or something like that that lived in that house, right? Like, yeah, like this is someone important to you that suddenly yeah. we've established. Yeah, Bliss is taken from you. Yeah, I'm making sure to write down important NPC names <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that may eventually come up in this game. All right. How are you guys going to get out of this? Uh, that's a great question. How are we going to get out of this? I um, actually have a really cool idea if I'm going to pitch it to please you. Please do it. I have an enemy, the Texas Rangers, on this character sheet. The Texas Rangers come to get me? The cavalry literally comes for you, but it's not uh, in a good way. Wait, yeah. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah, okay. And then it cuts to a little bit in the future. And you guys are almost out of it. And you see, st- and you open your eyes, and it's like bleary, and there's a Texas Ranger standing over you. This is Jonathan, st- uh, Jonathan Change. Oh, Jonathan Chase. And then you're like, Cough. Change! <laughs> by the authority invested in me, by the, uh, I think it's the state of Texas, or the Republic yeah. of Texas, or something um, like that. It would be the t- Texas Territory at this point. Actually, let's check the map. It'll tell us for sure. The book has a map. It's the, the map. It's the map. It's the map. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the map hears all and knows all. It is the... No, it is the, the state of Texas. Oh, okay. That's fair. There, uh, there was a point where uh, before, uh, before it achieved, achieved statehood that they were the ter- Texas Territory. Yeah. Well, I think it might, it might have been short-lived. Yeah. Yeah. By the state of Texas, I am placing you under arrest. 
And then we're going to throw to you for another uh, flashback. I'm going to imagine this is you probably now in, you two now in jail or something. <laughs> yeah, I imagine, like, I'm in jail. Like, they didn't bother to patch me up because, like, in this era, like, it's not yeah. like it is now. I mean, not to say that the U.S. prison system's great, but, you know. It, they at least make an effort. Yeah, right. So I'm, like, broken ribs, broken arm, obviously bleeding, right? And you're, like, and you're, like I'm kind of imagining, like, uh, sorry, you know, like I've seen worse. We, I'm gonna get out of here, and I'm gonna kill me that that man that killed Sarah. Yeah. Right after I can get someone to pull this rib out of my lung. So you guys are in a cell at this point, yeah. and um, your typical dingy, dirty, yeah, yeah, and uh, one of the rangers comes along. He's like, "Gentlemen, someone here to see you." And in walks Harlan Bliss, and he is the suit is still immaculate. Oh. the The head is still like perfectly, perfectly waxed. Yeah, and he just looks healthy. Boys, you have been a pain in my side, and it would do me a great pleasure to just have you die like you were supposed to. Any responses from you guys? I, because I know, I, I pick up a handful of shit. Because literally in these rooms, people yeah, just above. Yeah. yeah. I wing it at him with my good arm. Give me a roll. I use the blue chip. <laughs> you don't want to use your blue chip okay, for this. Okay, okay. Not for, not for the internal. Uh, well, well it probably we're going to say it's going to be just your straight up deafness. Okay, so th- I have 3 d So you got, I uh, got 3 d Oh, perfect. Eight. It explodes. Eight with seven. Nice. Fifteen. He ain't gonna dodge that. <laughs> but will shit stick to Harlan Bliss? <laughs> Let's find out. Let's see here. So I search around the table for dice. That's a ten. Oh, he only got an eleven. Oh, that, that was close. That was good. Uh, so yeah, you get him. You don't get him in the face because he rolled fairly well on his end as well. But you you get it right in the middle, and he stops mid sentence and he looks at you, um, and the camera uh, focuses on him as he blinks, uh, and it's like he's blinking away almost an illusion because when you look at his eyes, his eyes are just pits. And he looks at you, and his face kind of contracts a little bit. Um, as, as whatever kind of like almost mask he's got going, just shudders just an instant. Um, and you see that his face is pale. There's a wrinkled quality to it. His nose is kind of sunken back in his skull. Nice. And it's like one of those like quick lighting uh, shifts where even with the audience, you only see it for like a second and a half. And yeah. people are posting like frame a slow, frame slow down frame by frame breakdowns like the next day online. Yeah. Um, Oh boy. When I get my hands on you when next we meet, I'm gonna kill you all kinds of dead. Why don't you go talk to the good state of Texas about that? You all people ain't gonna stand here and lecture us about the way you're supposed to die. Wade says as, you know, yeah. the ghost is sort of like angrily freaking out in silence that only Wade can hear. <laughs> <Matt Harlan Bliss. laughs> yeah. 
I want my lawyer. And he's going to reach into his uh, waistcoat and pull out a card that says, Mr. Strix, and determine <laughs> <laughs> Oh, apparently he's not dead now. <laughs> well, we're several episodes later. Yeah. We can't, supernatural. we can't come back all the time. Exactly. We can't show every yeah. daring rescue in the intro. Uh, so we are actually going to show this daring rescue before we cut into the game itself. Because uh, uh, we've thrown to you, so we're going to throw back to me. I'm going to finish this guy off. Um, and what you actually uh, get in that last clip is Mr. Strix, who suddenly looks like he's... He looks really vital for a man that you saw get eaten by essentially a graboid. Yeah, well, I mean, like, he probably sells literal snake oil. And actual literal snake oil really was a muscle relaxer. <laughs> well, um... And he's got a pair of phantom cards in his hand. And there's like this huge special effects duel between him and Mr. Bliss. Um, who is tapping on his on the side of his leg with a carved shin bone. Um, and is chanting in like Creole or something. And there's just like this light show. And, um, and Strix basically like looks over his shoulder. And he's like, you boys better get... Uh, and then it cuts to you two running away from the prison as the prison explodes. And we jump because Anchor was And then we're going to cut to this episode, which sees um, the two of you. Uh, you're in Washington, D.C. You are in whatever is your standard watering hole. We need a good name for it. Ooh. Um... So this is, so this is what we're... Like, whatever you guys are set in a set piece in Washington, uh-huh. half the time they're just set of you guys in this bar. Uh, this is, your, like, your talking points bar kind of thing. I've got a kind of cool idea. We could do something like um, the Stonecutter Bar, make it like like it's like a, a bar that was, like, attached to, like, the Freemason movement or something. Possibly. Because there's all that rumors. A lot of that about the building of Washington. Washington, right? Um, like, Another possibility uh, is we could be a Netflix show, and this could be like Underwoods, <laughs> Underwoods gambling pit. <laughs> um, good name for it. I'm throwing it to you guys to to give us some creative entertainment here. Because um, because it's, it's in Washington, it's not going to be like some sort of like thing like the horse's ass, right? No, no, exactly. it'll be uh, something classier than that. Yeah, like. Um, I mean, it, I mean, Washington's at this point already a, a fairly old city. Yeah. Um, so you know, maybe maybe it's something from like Confederation days. Um, well, the Confederation in Washington wasn't really a thing, but the. You know, oh, but, but I mean, like, like, like the the. The War of Independence. Independence. Yeah. Um. It could even just be the Independent. Like maybe maybe I, maybe I like that. I like that too. It, it used to be a newspaper, yeah. And then the for whatever reason the newspaper went under, mm-hmm. and now it's a bar. And it made its uh, reputation that after the war, it didn't matter what side you fought on, exactly, you left that at the door, right? So there's like Confederate flags and American flags. And, and oh, for, for sure, sure right? yeah. And, and there's and and there's yeah, there's Confederate stuff and and there's and, Union stuff. And the bartender's like a former Confederate soldier. Uh, bartender's native guy. Oh, even better! Yeah, like Cherokee or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, what's what were tribes uh, that were around? Washington? Cherokee. Well, Cherokee had a big. Thing. I mean, they they had a huge territory. Um, I mean, keep in mind that the uh, the big tribes at the time is that I think it's the Sioux who yeah, have that's, uh, that's way north. No, no, is um, oh no, it's the kite. Right, um, the Sioux Nation is actually a big thing. They've carved out um. 
parts of Montana, Wyoming, Nebraska, and the Dakotas. Yeah. Uh, Deadwood is actually right in the middle yeah, of the Sioux Nation. Yeah. Um, and uh, Oklahoma, part of Oklahoma is taken over by, and Texas is the Coyote Confederation, which is just all these different tribes that have come together. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe we don't know. Yeah, he's this... He won't talk about what tribe... Yeah, he won't talk about it because yeah. he left it at the door. Yeah. In the, in the same tradition, right? Like, yeah, and, and maybe he is from out west. Um, who knows? Who knows? But this is kind of where people come that don't have anywhere else um, in this uh, in the city and in this neighborhood. You don't have anywhere else to go. It's yeah. the it's the bar without an allegiance. Yeah. Well, yeah, and like this is also a good place for like you know like backroom political deals. Yeah, well, um, and... like Luke Cage, it's like pops. It's Switzerland. Yeah, yeah, it's Switzerland. Is sure. that the independent doesn't take a stance yeah. in uh, in yeah. any of the politics or anything? Or like John Wick's the uh, the, uh, the, continental. the continental, yeah, right? but less yeah. with that kind of like overt influence, right? Yeah, just, like, just no trouble. That's yeah. the only rule. Don't want right? no trouble in my bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody here's shifty. We get that. Yeah, well, no, I mean, also some of them are you know up down from the hill, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and yeah, you guys are um, at your booth in the back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got uh, you got the gas light over top of you. You both got your drinks, and we're gonna pull into you right there. You're still mad at me because you threw, I just threw shit at him, huh? No, mad at you because you missed his mouth. Oh, that's fair. I'm, and while I'm doing this, I'm sipping like my bourbon like pretty quick, right? Yeah, and you've actually you're looking fairly healed up from your injuries, probably because maybe Mister Strix did a bit of healing to you uh, on camera for that episode, but we'll say off camera for that montage. Sure. Yeah. So you guys are both hale and in good health again. Yeah. Uh, Stone's gonna kind of just like rub his perpetual five o'clock shadow a little bit, making a nice satisfying sort of scratching sound. <sighs> I figure. We can't go back to Director Lawrence until we get this settled. Yeah. we got to track this guy down. And the 15 tons of ghost rock he's got. Yeah. Well, that shouldn't be hard to figure out, right? Well, like, yeah, you'd think that. But it's eluded us so far. Well, why would he even need to... I use that word right? Yes, you did. Oh, great. You've been getting to your learning really good. Wow. Suppose you're rubbing off on me, friend. You're rubbing off on me. Uh, before before Sarah died, I would never have uh, take, uh, taken a swing at him. I would have cut a deal. So, <clears throat> Well, look at us learning. And at that point, uh, the bartender... We'll say the, the only name he uses is Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Is you guys don't know what his actu- if that's his actual name. You guys don't know where he's from. Um... You figure him uh, to be a native, but you're not really sure. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I just had a boy come by to drop something off. Looks like you two are getting correspondence here now. Probably put your names on the lease upstairs. Uh, And he puts a letter on the table. Um, Just has your names written on it. Thanks, Jack. I drop a couple. Would a shilling be appropriate? No, it's you got no, dollars and cents. Dollars and cents. Yeah. It's just the 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 costs on things is vastly different. It's like a cult peacemaker costs three dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So like it'd be like a ten pence piece or something like that. Uh, or, like, no, you give him like a give him a nickel. Yeah. I yeah. toss him a couple uh, a, a nickel or two just to like yeah, yeah. I should tip the boy. Yeah. All right. 
Kate's so way wasting her time. Takes takes the letter. Oh, you got his knife. You got like a boot knife or something of like course. that. Um, takes out his trusty boot knife. Uh, hashtag trusty boot knife. <laughs> <laughs> there is in fact a hashtag trusty boot knife because this seems to come up every episode. Yeah, and he slices it open and uh, knocks out the letter. I'm in fact writing this down on my many notes. I think I think what the like what would be really fun about this is like have a dichotomy of I have an untrusty boot knife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you you got like a, a fancy like like opening knife that every time you like unfold it, it just like comes the fuck apart. <laughs> well, it, it's like he gave you one in one episode. Yeah, and ever since it's been a running gag that whenever you try and pull it out, you're like hopping around. You can't get it off of the sheath on your ankle. <laughs> it never goes well with your uh, with your shoes. Yeah. For some reason, people always find it at, uh, when you get searched, but yeah. they never find his for some reason. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what what pop, pops out of the envelope? Okay, uh, it's on official Pinkerton stationery. Oh, Director shit. Lawrence wants to see you, and it literally is just come to my office at you know two o'clock. Um, do not be late. I flip open my stuff, my pocket watch. What time is it? You got enough time to run there. You jump a horse, but horses don't like you so much. I knowing that I'm gonna be late, I go up and grab a bottle of bourbon from the bar and pay him for it, and then I wipe my way over to the the Pinkerton Detective Agency. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I don't really know what building the Pinkertons were housed in originally, but they've we're gonna say in this case they've got a nice like uh, front set piece uh, office block that, or at least whatever passed for an office block at the time. It's like. Four, sto- four or five stories. Holy shit, yeah. Um, and as you walk in, you walk through just desks of, compared to you guys, clean-cut, eager young men uh, who are busy uh, just uh, you know, writing reports, uh, their secretaries seeing to people. Working super hard at all this stuff in a century from now will be replaced with a couple of typewriters. <laughs> exactly. And a century after that will be replaced by two dudes with iPhones. Uh, yep. We don't talk about what happens a century after that. No. Uh, no, that gets into uh, Deadlands The Wasted West. different <laughs> game. Which is Mad Max Deadlands. Oh, I'm, I'm literally physically drooling. I always really tempted to, uh, to run that one. You can play nuclear-powered priests who are literally powered by atomic fallout. Oh my god. Okay. But we digress. But we digress. We're in the Wild West right now. We're in the Weird West. So you go through, you go into his office, and he's facing away from you as you, you know, you knock, come on in. He's facing away from you, looking out the window, looking very pensive. He is, of course, like the corner office on the top floor. Yeah. Um, I somehow imagine the view is like, you can see the National Mall. Yeah, yeah, no, that exactly. You, you can, can definitely see, tell this is Washington. You, you can yeah. you can see the Capitol building in the distance. Yeah, yeah, it's like that shot of like the Washington Monument and then the Capitol Hill. Also, there's not a lot of tall buildings in Washington yeah, because so. it's built on a swamp. So if we're like in a well, forest for for building in the 1870s, we can see there's a lot of forests still uh, leading up to the mall. I think at this time, oh, would there be? I guess so. Yeah, yeah, or are there are these parks. Yeah. So we take our traditional seats, like leaning back in our chair. Yeah, before you guys even get to your chairs. Yeah, I think we walk in, see him facing out the windows, look at each other, and then... <laughs> Gentlemen, what happened in Texas? Sir, if I may, maybe wiser to focus on what didn't happen. He killed my wife. That's what happened. <sighs> oh. You told me... You would protect her when I uh, signed up for this service. 
I have a, I have this like obligation to seek to the phenomenon. You gave me the opportunity to do that, but I protected her when I worked independently. So when I came here, you said that I'd help you'd help her, and he found her, and now she's dead. I cannot help what someone does of their own free will, and she left the town that we had her under guard in. I debate how free that will was. Well, be that as it may. Be that as it may, you got another shot. Where? I got a telegraph this morning. Bliss has been seen in uh, I pick? Virginia, uh, Virginia City, Nevada. You guys know Virginia City. It is home to one of the largest uh, like mother loads of ghost rock that they found uh, by the Comstock Mining Company. What the hell's he need more for? It's already got 15 tons of the shit. Maybe he's after 15 more, but got credible agents who place him in Virginia City. When we leave. Got you tickets for a train over there tomorrow. Good. What was he seen doing? He was seen at the... Uh, look at my notes. Looking at my notes. He was seen at the Bucket of Blood Saloon. They're not sure what he was up to, but he was there. Any sign of that fucking skinwalker? Flashback. A <laughs> guy with purple eyes who's like been in several different bodies throughout the season. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we wouldn't really know, would we? Suppose not. Gentlemen, I do not know what Harlan Bliss is. But what I do have here, he holds up a piece of paper and he just kind of flaps it. And all you see on it is the seal of the president. From the president, who Derek doesn't remember who it is at the time. Ah, uh, it doesn't matter. The uh, president. Uh, our, our Arcadian flannel showing. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize to Americans. We can name most of our interesting prime ministers. Both uh, of them. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think King was pretty interesting. He's one of them. He thought he could talk to the dead. He didn't think he could talk to the dead. He thought that a long string of mediums could talk to the dead. And the Ouija board. And the, okay, and the Ouija board. I'm not sure how he expected the dog to answer him, but yes, uh, audience, we did in fact have a prime minister in Canada named William Lyon Mackenzie King, who attempted to use a Ouija board to contact the spirit of his dead dog to get advice. What's really sad is there's stuff in Canada named after this guy. It's... Well, he was one of our longest running pres- or, uh, prime ministers of all time. Did you find out who the president is? I'm just well, right so now. I could stop looking like an idiot. Sorry, most of my stuff is fur trade stuff, so it's you know back in the 1840s. Uh, we are in 76. Uh, it is Ulysses. Uh, Ulysses S. Oh, President Ryan. Grant. Oh, How do we not know? Well, and yeah, it's President Grant, uh, and currently no VP. Will we uh, have Grant have taken over after Lincoln was assassinated? Uh, yeah. Well, it's President Grant right now, so... I got here a letter from President Grant. Not my president, I didn't vote for him. Very funny. (laughs) Stating that he sees Harlan Bliss as a major threat to national security, and he is tasking the Pinkerton Detective Agency with dealing with him at our discretion. And my discretion says that you boys deserve another shot. I'll take it. I'm going to take six. This time, don't miss. Cheryl has your uh, has your tickets. Thank you, sir. And agent change, for what it's worth, I am sorry. 
I'm as sorry as he's going to be. And he gets up, walks over to Cheryl's desk. Cheryl, darling, how's it going? <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> she gives you the tickets. And uh, you know what? I think we're going to cut the episode with you guys on a train the next morning. Headed out west. Nice. So for this, the first episode of Terrible Warriors Deadlands. I've been Derek the Bark Chasing News. I've been your uh, marshal for the evening. That's what they call GMs in this game. And uh, my two terrible warriors. Uh, Will Mitchell. And Wes Until next time, y'all come back now. You hear? The Adventures of Change and Stone will continue next Thursday. And the Terrible Warriors has new episodes every Monday and Thursday. On Monday, we return to the next chapter in our Ghostbusters Now hiring campaign with Crazy Bob Kaplansky and his used furniture warehouse Ghostbusters. And if you want a sneak peek at some very special campaigns we're preparing for you, head right now to TerribleWarriors.com and click on schedules. Yes, the news is that good. We'll also return to the realm of Ravenloft later this month in a campaign we're calling Dead by Dawn's Light. And November will include all new campaign settings from both of our Toronto and Edmonton crews. Again, if you want to find out, check out that schedules page. Tweet us at Dice Warriors and follow for all the updates on the show. And of course, you can now support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. Does the production quality of the show sound a little cleaner? The music a little bit fancier? The campaign's more thrilling. Well, that's because we're already seeing an improvement in this show that we can directly thank Patreon for. Your support is giving us the boost. We need to launch this podcast into an entirely new fighting class. And I cannot wait to show you what comes next. If you're already a supporter, then you already know. You can download campaign packs for Mutant City Blues and Matrix Extraction, which each include extra debrief episodes, scanned character sheets, notes, and the entire campaign available as a single downloadable file all for your binge listening needs and soon you're going to start hearing npcs in our games that are named after our patreon supporters and not to mention two dedicated fans who will soon be joining us as guest pcs uh vipc Ooh, that's good we should coin that vipc all right Today's Terrible Warriors have been Derek Burrow, Wes Gunn, and Will Mitchell. And until next time, thank you for listening, thank you for sharing, thank you for reviewing and supporting, and thank you for being a Terrible Warrior.